Hey, everybody. Welcome to Be Our Geek, a brand new podcast here on the Podcast One Network. I am Ms. Shannon, joined by my good friend and co-host, Jake Satia, Executive Director of the Twin Cities Film Fest. What's up, Jake? Well, I'm just enjoying the intro music. I love this. Are you this. proud of this? I'm actually proud of that? Pretty, pretty good for you. <laughs> Do your job. Every once in a while, I do something really, really, really nice. And I, you know how many really crappy songs I had to listen to before I found this one? Oh, it's curation. Yeah, I, get, like it. I yeah. get it. I get it. I get it. I'm in a film industry. I, I run a film festival. I get it. There's a plenty of crap that you go through to pick the top of the top. And then who knows? We might decide that we're bored of that eventually and get a different theme song. I'm but good for it right now. How are you today? I'm doing outstanding. I'm happy to be here. For anybody who uh, is familiar with uh, Jaden and myself, uh, formerly we had a show called uh, Your Geek Show. Uh, we have rebranded a little bit. We're going to call this our spinoff show, Be Our Geek. Uh, a slightly different feel, but a lot of it will also feel very familiar. You'll um, hear our voice. You'll hear Shannon's voice. You'll hear our guest's voice. Yes. It'll be so pretty we, much the same thing. Yeah, except, we are going to uh, have a guest a geek on every week. But and we want to know what you geek out about, too. So please do follow us on all of our social media. Be Our Geek on Facebook, Twitter, and, and yeah. Instagram. We should do Instagram this time. I think so. Yeah. I'm all about pictures. Okay. Apparently, I was told from my festival uh, social media team, they were like, you're out there a lot. You need to promote the festival. I'm like, I do. I post one Facebook post a month. She was like, what are you talking about? You need to be on Instagram and posting every single day what you're doing. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not me. But they were like, you have to do it. Yes. Grow your audience because they want to hear from you. So, yeah. So, I agree. Instagram is kind of my thing now. Right. As opposed to Facebook. I never was on Twitter. I just... Stay. I mean, I have an account because you have to have an account, but that's about it. Right. Um, but Instagram is a thing, so we should do an Instagram. All right. We will do that as well. And speaking of the festival, if anybody is trying to catch up on what Jayton is talking about, he's the executive director of the Twin Cities Film Fest. Uh, so tell everybody a little bit about the film fest. It's the best film festival in the land. <laughs> In just all of the land. all of the land, yes. and whether it's geek land or just mainstream land. Um, the festival is uh, it's a mainstream film, film festival with uh, spotlights on uh, a lot of Minnesota content, a lot of independent content from across the country. So much like Tribeca, much like Sundance, much like Cannes. Um, well, of course, we really don't focus on international films. Our focus is American independent content from across the country. So in 11 days, 120 films. we got about 15,000 people walking through the doors in October. This year, the dates are October 11th, excuse me, 17th to the 27th. And uh, we're at the Showplace Icon Theaters at the Shops at West End. We've been here for eight years. The, this is our ninth year of the festival. Congratulations. I it when I got laid off of Corporate America, which was the happiest day of my life. But I learned <laughs> a lot. I learned a lot from Corporate America. It actually taught me how to make a nonprofit succeed. Um, and we're going to be celebrating our 10-year anniversary next year, which will be just uh, an awe-inspiring thing to say, you know, not even for me, for me, but it's all the people who have helped me get there, who helped us get there. So it's going to be an incredible Next year, but this year is all about the grind. Next year, we're already in like programming mode right now. We've already gone through 600 films. We're right. narrowing it down, and we're a year-round organization. We do um, one, if not two, three events screenings per month right. throughout the Twin Cities. We have one coming up next Wednesday, another one coming up at the end of the month, and so it's busy. And so I've known you since before that, because if people wonder how Jayton and I got to be friends, we've known each other since college, although we did not go to college together, but we've known each other since college. So we have a very uh, strong familiarity with one another. We both were used to be in radio, um, and again, had a number of different corporate American jobs. I used jobs. to be in a volunteer, an intern at a radio station. I ran into you. I'm yes. like, you're pretty dope. And she's <laughs> like, who is this intern talking to me? <laughs> 
And it all worked out. It all worked out. And so now we ended up going, you know what? We have a lot of things in common, including our uh, our great love of all things geek-related. So a lot of those films that are out there. And then just really getting to know people and things that they're really excited about. And so, you know, after we'd been friends for, what, like 10 years, we're like, we should do a podcast. So we could talk about these, and then we can bring uh, talk about these subjects and then bring in some of our friends to geek out about something that really gets them excited. Well, I think so one of the key qualities do. that you just mentioned there is that we love to spread our geekdom. Yes. So that means everybody's a geek, and when we talk to people around us, we get them to come to our home, which is just a conversation. Just we bring them to our home, we open up our doors, and we we expect them to do the same. Um, openness and truth is kind of where it is, and everybody's a geek and about something. We yes. don't care if you are geek about. Uh, crocheting. <laughs> but I'd love to hear about if it. If you're passionate about it, I want to learn more about it. I want to know what it makes you take and what makes you who you are. So I think that's something we have in common. We just wanted to bring that uh, bring that energy towards us and then spread our energy to, to the world as well. And today we are going to be joined by another friend of ours. Our guest geek today is going to be Jake Stubby J. Beaver. He is uh, the chief instigator of his own podcasting network and also just kind of a big film fan just like we are. So we are going to talk today about remakes, reboots, and recasting. So some movies that are coming out there and some things that we wish were going to be made. And now, sadly enough, it looks like they are going to uh, end up getting shelled and we won't get to see they them. They won't. They'll come back. It just, <laughs> it's, it, the conversation will always be there. It'll come back. Well, today, let's also talk about some of the summer blockbusters that are coming up because you know uh, you as someone Jayton who works so much in the film uh, around uh, the film industry I'm sure you're keeping track of all of these schedules and timetables and things that are coming out there and that I'm sure like everything that I read you know Hollywood is stressing out because they're hoping that these movies continue to make a ton of money but we've had a few years where films were not recouping the investment that people were putting into them and so I'm sure that there's some studios that are stressing out and hoping that all these things take off. Well, that's where you get a lot of reboots, mm-hmm. right? You get a lot of, uh, let's bring this back, but with a little bit of a twist. Let's just see if that old, older audience uh, is now bringing their children to it and reinventing uh, perhaps that dynamics within their family as well. Um, and again, everything right now that makes money is superheroes. It's uh, sci-fi. So there's a lot of energy towards, like, like, can we just get something that just sparks a fire? However, right. there are content out there that are just brilliantly done. Yes. That, like A Quiet Place, the film that came out that was... I want nothing to do with that movie. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> you know, because cause for everybody out there, I have a 10-year-old. I'm loud. My 10-year-old is loud. I don't need to see a movie about us dying because we're loud. Because we would have gotten chomped by that monster. There's no way we would have made enough, it. Spoiler but alert. I was actually sitting there in the movie theater, and because the movie is so quiet, it's called A Quiet Place. Mm-hmm. People around me chewing popcorn. I was giving them dirty eyes. Like, are you kidding me right now? This, you're ruining the movie for me by just chewing. Um, but there are those sparks that come out, and I think a lot of studios are looking for that as well. So last year, the one that uh, could have been controversial, we showed it at our film festival, we premiered it, was Three Billboards outside yes. Ebbing, Missouri. So a social con- uh, social conversation within the, the mainstream is important right now as well. And of course, you get those duds that just come out, and they just don't go anywhere. Right. And, that's just the norm, but I do feel that the Hollywood um, machine is stressing about what kind of content to put out there, and first and foremost, what to put out there in theaters versus just going video on demand. Right, and then there's so many things that are going out right now where there's movies that you should see, like that Three Billboards movie, and then there's movies that are coming out, and I think we do this a lot as we go into the summer season. 
movies that are just popcorn and cotton candy for your brain. And so for the first one I want to talk about, coming out the end of June, we know that we got another Jurassic movie coming out. So Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is coming out. Here's a little piece of the trailer. She's tracked. Okay, okay, come on. Are you okay? I'm okay. And I think that's all we really need to know about that movie. I feel like that will Was give it you a, a T-Rex? Good... <laughs> I don't know. Oh, my God, the suspense. <laughs> and there's so many things. It's going to be Chris Pratt, who I love and have a nice little crush on. Yes. Doing a bunch of jump rolls and 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 running. And there's going to be a jump, bunch of jump scares from the uh, all of the dinosaurs. I know that I should probably be doing other things that would be more productive with my time. But I am still going to go see Jurassic World. So will I. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So will millions of other people. Do I mean, you think that do this well. is yeah, do you think that this one is going to do well or is it going to be I think so. a disappointment it has that, to the box? Well, office? I mean, being a disappointment, you don't know until you actually watch the content. I think sometimes uh, studios kind of ruin it by just giving the best parts away in the trailers as well. So you're just kind of struggling to say, oh, what else was there beyond that? But was that the content? I think they're safe with Jurassic World because uh, show me big dinosaurs. What else is there? There's nothing to ruin. You're not going to surprise me with this movie. Yeah, I mean, make another hybrid something, something. Maybe and then there's pollinate a guy it with a bee or something. Yeah. Maybe it's a flying dinosaur that also squats and just, I don't know. I mean, and it doesn't matter. What I always think that is fascinating about the, the Jurassic movies in general is that there's always these altruistic people who are on the side of the dinos or you know kind of thing or the side of humanity who continually are so naive that they are just blatantly have the the wool pulled over their eyes by the villains in this movie like there is no <laughs> there's no subtext with the villains that come out in Can a we talk movie. about the dinosaurs and how they feel <laughs> do you want to be their therapist because i don't know if we give them enough credit i mean there isn't a rotten tomatoes about there out there you know that is that has a a dinosaur critic was like, look, man, I'm a dinosaur. And I this don't like the way I'm being portrayed. <laughs> what if you were just being, you know, hybrid of something, something? Um, I, I think it'll do fine. Um, I don't. I think. I mean, I don't. I actually enjoyed Jurassic World. Okay. The original, uh, not the original, the one that came out last time. Um, it was original as far as the content, the context structure, the new characters that were introduced. Um, I actually did like some of the new dinosaurs that were introduced last time. So I'm actually looking forward to what kind of new innovation uh, could come out with as far as um, the new um, hybrids and dinosaurs and species that can come up with. Also coming out this summer, we have another Marvel movie that's coming out. So for everybody that's still in like disarray. What's Marvel? I know. <laughs> for everybody that's still in disarray after Infinity Wars, we know that we now are going to have an Ant-Man and the Wasp movie as well that is coming so, out. So, how long have you been Ant-Man again? Not long. It just sort of happened. Like bad guys like you. I seem to mess it up almost every time. I am looking forward to this one. And I feel like as far as the franchise goes, when you're talking about Marvel films, there's ones that you go, okay, I you know, there's so much hype around this, and Ant-Man was one of those ones that they're like, eh, who cares? And then it turned out to be a very charming, great part of the franchise. I thought the casting was great. Yes, and so I think that normally we would be a little less excited about an Ant-Man and the Wasp film, but after uh, all of the trauma that was caused to so many Marvel fans out there about uh, watching Infinity Wars, 
we could use a little lightness and 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 relief, don't you think? I agree, and okay. I think that the uh, the new the introduction, or at least the more uh, robust introduction of the wasp yes. with imagining Lily, and I think she adds a lot of depth to this character as well. Because you know, as you hear at the very beginning of the trailers, like you need somebody else to watch your back, right? And as we saw in Avengers, in the Infinity War, everybody needed to watch everybody's back. Yes. So I think this is kind of a, a cool way to segue into. Uh, perhaps Evangeline Liddy's character would be a, a more important character in the overall universe. Oh, definitely. As well, and this is a good introduction to her to say, look, she is she's she's actually pretty badass, right? I mean, with her with the wings, she's she she's can, actually more badass. And she I, is, and I do like the way. And again, we can we're always going from trailers, and there were some problems I had with the first one a little bit with the way they were building out the character. But I do it does give me hope for the future for them to go. No, we are accustomed to creating a world where this female character could be the person who's better at her job. And hopefully she is rewarded for the fact that she is better at her job because that is the t- the hints and the teasers that we're getting from the trailer. I'm actually intrigued with the uh, the villain in this particular film, yes. too, with the time traveling or going through walls. And, I mean, yes. I'm still yeah. trying to figure out exactly no, this what this time, character is. This one's not timey-wimey, though, you know, yeah. kind of thing. So, I'm trying so to figure Ghost, out exactly what that is. Yeah, Ghost, Ghost seems like she can do, yeah. you know, actually has stolen some of the technology and right. can do all those things and was kind of an interesting character if you read the comic book. So I do think that they have done a good job of creating these micro worlds that then are able to layer into the larger world. And I actually think Marvel. it's going to do better than the first one. Oh, it should. Yeah, there's I no reason this people should. People know what to expect on, now. That's true. And I think um, having Michael Douglas come back, and I mean, it's just a good. I think it's. I think I don't think they can screw this one up unless I mean you have to watch it still. Right. But um, I feel pretty good about this one. I'm actually looking forward to. The, I'm in a movie league where we have. Uh, <laughs> Where we have, uh, you know, we we just like a football, fantasy movie, a league? Fantasy okay. movie league, but mm-hmm. an in person, we pick our favorite movies, and we have a. Do you do it by season, Jaden? We do. We do it quarterly, and uh, <laughs> so this is our summer season, and we have pretend two hundred uh, million dollars to spend on movies, and I I have this one. I bought this particular film to see how how well it does. All right. Well, I hope that you are successful with your fantasy movie league. Me too. I won the last time. So I had uh, had Black Panther the last season. So (laughs) I didn't need any other movie. You're like, that worked out. Wakanda saved me. That all worked out. I spent $140 million on Black Panther and I was good. (laughs) All right. Well, we are going to come back with our guest geek this week. Jake Beaver is going to come in here. We're going to talk about a remake that we thought was going to make and maybe it might end up getting shelved and also get his take on some of the movies and remakes that are out there in the future. You're listening to Be Our Geek, part of the Podcast One Network. I should not beatbox, right? No, was, please that was don't beatbox. No, no. <laughs> Welcome back to Be Our Geek. We appreciate you joining us. I'm Miss Shannon, still here with Jayden Satia, and we are now joined uh, by this week's guest geek, our good friend Jake Stubby J. Beaver, host of the Three Guys Talking Podcast, Ring General Radio, and uh, the chief instigator of for the 4D Podcasting Network. Did I miss anything, Jake? No, you got it all. Okay. Produ- uh, producer for uh, Sounds Good and producer for Twins and Losses Super Show as well. So, so uh, part of the reason why why I appreciate having Jake on the show is that he is just a wealth of like pop culture knowledge like we are. 
but he has like he's one of those people that when in doubt he was like well let's do a podcast about it and so he just makes everybody <laughs> get in front of a microphone that's pretty and talk it. about things that they love and, and the, so that i appreciate that and the best part about that is too is like when you first introduce them be like hey man yeah, let's do a podcast and they're like oh i could never do a podcast <laughs> <laughs> i can't i just i hate the way my voice <laughs> so i don't i don't think i can I don't think I could do it. And then maybe after one or two episodes, they're like, so when are we recording again? Are we <laughs> well, that's all the about the environment, right? That's all about mm-hmm. the openness and just, the, just yeah, just having a good time and actually just being free. Um, and that's, and that's you. That's not necessarily them getting over their hump. That's you inviting them and saying, look, it's just having a conversation. We're just talking. And essentially, that's all it is. It's a conversation, but we've got microphones and a format in front of us instead. You know? Right. And that's, I mean, essentially, that's all it is. And the cool thing about podcasting is that anybody can do it yeah you know don't um, tell anybody that we act like we're magic that's what we do this is very difficult not anybody can do it (laughs) it's the toughest thing in the world uh you really got to do a tv show easier than doing a podcast yes yes you need big budgets youtube channel let's (laughs) this is sponsored by marvel (laughs) subscribe (laughs) but it is fun and it isn't uh an excuse to sit around and talk to uh other like-minded people about whatever it is that you really enjoy and a lot of the things that you focus on is you do have a pop culture podcast Mm -hmm. as well Mm -hmm. um so a lot of things that we talk about uh, over here are things that you cover in your world as well so all of the movies all of the music all of the things that are going out there and keeping us entertained uh out there in our our regular day life so stuff that you get to cover as well oh absolutely because i like you guys are just a total geek when it comes to these things you know entertain me (laughs) like just do it i i was growing up not a big reader you know (laughs) i'm telling you like it took me forever to really kind of get captured by a book like sitting down and reading and even just taking the time so if you can tell me that same story in an hour and a half but actually show it to me Let's do it. So you're the opposite of me because I'm always one. I'm the the book was so much better person. Like I try not to say it because I know it's such a cliche to go the book was better, but I'm that person. Do you so ever, you're like I don't care about the book at all. You do didn't you even know things in, were a book. Do you ever run into a point where the book wasn't better? Rarely. Yeah. Rarely. You know, but that's also a very narcissistic point of view because it's me going, my imagination is better than somebody else's imagination that turned this into a movie. And so it's like, it's not what I thought it was going to be. And, but so many things that we're covering right now, they're either something that was a recreation or a remake from a book or something that, you know, they usually, a lot of the source material did come from the written page or a comic book or something. The the things that are, that are super popular right now Mm -hmm. are those things that you had a another reason why you were enjoying uh, it and now you're like well now I think that gives us that expectation of it needs to be great if it's a movie well and part of that is just seeing these things come to life that you enjoyed so much right you know the the superhero when Iron Man first came out I was a big Iron my dad loved Iron Man my old man loved Iron Man so much and when they finally said that they're making an Iron Man movie he was like, get out of here. My dad's yeah. not much of a movie guy, and but when we put Iron Man on, he was so just in focus and in right. tune with the whole thing because this is something that from his childhood has now come to life on the big screen to be able to see it. Right. And I agree with you that there's so many things that you're like, 
this is something that was just my world so to have it in a different format that i can share with people who aren't like if i since i read you know grew up reading all these comic books and you know now that i read all of these 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 mangas and all these things to go oh no no now it's a movie you can watch it too because you're not going to go back and read all these comic books that i spent years reading so have you ever seen a movie that already it was written as a book or a comic book and then you go back and read the book or the comic book for the first time um, and has that, does that skew your perspe- perspective on the film, visual end of it? I think that there's sometimes, I haven't done that specifically, but I have done where there was a TV series or a, 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 a film that um, I watched the series first and then they had companion books. Got it. Oh, okay. um, Got it. And so then I was like, oh, but they did a good job of the books as well, Got it. where they fit really in line. And the ones that I usually enjoy are the ones where they have some of the same writers. So they have the same tone and tenor uh, Which as Which I think did. goes a long way, right? I mean, if you have a book that was written 50 years ago and the writer is obviously either older or has a different perspective and the social construct of the, the, the our society has changed, right. it's going to come out a little looking a little different. It's going to feel a little different. Um, it's not going to be true, 100% true, because they're – the people who are making the movies now, based on the 50-year-old book, right? they have a different perspective on life and even that subject. Even though the subject is still uh, on point and we still need to bring it up, it's a different construct in that mind because the person who wrote it is not the person who's directing it. For instance, like to go back to that question, one of the things that I think would be a good example of that is I was really into the TV series Quantum Leap. Do you guys remember Quantum oh, yeah, Leap? Yeah, so that yeah, was one of my favorite shows. And it was also one of those shows that didn't really have the right kind of conclusion. Uh, it just didn't really get a chance to wrap up the way that I, as a super fan, thought it should have been able to wrap up. But it had a companion series. They had a series of books that they had some of the uh, writers that did the show that wrote the books as well. So it had the same emotional feel and the right kind the way that the characters uh the language that they use and the uh, the tone and the tenor of it was so similar to the tv show that that's actually how you got the resolution that you felt like you needed from the show is that i'm like well i continue to read the quantum leap books so i watch movies a lot watch a lot of independent films what i tend to do is if i have access to it i'll go back and read the script Ah, right. that's a good so idea. it's a okay. different. So for me, that's not a book that was made. It's like it was, reading the book. Though. It's like reading the book, and it gives me a different perspective on. Oh my goodness! Now I know how. Like you know, I was watching something. Well, how did they shoot this? Why did they shoot this particular angle? When I go back next year, read the script, I'm like, oh my goodness! I, I now I get it. Mm-hmm. Or they could have. I can go back and criticize the film to be like, no, they should have <laughs> done it this way. Why instead. didn't this one look? So right. when you talk about reading, I go back and read the screenplay. As opposed to the book, I'm more I'm more apt, just like you. I'm more visual. I'd rather see it on the screen than read it. Um, my wife is different. My wife would rather read. I than would rather watch the read. Film. Right. Uh, and that's where that's where I get a little jealous of Jaden's job from time to time <laughs> because I mean most of Hollywood is either a remake or a reboot or a retelling of something. Where in this independent world, these people are just really trying to get their stories out there, and you don't get many of those by the book or this. It's it's independent creative minds that put together this story that they want to see it in real life. I think to your point too, Shannon, where you're talking about where, you know, you read those quantum leap books and it came from the writers of the show. It really helps when you have the actual creator of the material helping out. Um, If you look at Stephanie Meyer with the twilight series, how she helped out. Um, And we're going to be talking about the, the crow remake coming up here with, with James Mm O'Barr, you know, he stepped in for a while to do some help on the creative side of it. But when you don't get that, 
that's where you then get a little bit of issues, such as uh, Alan Moore with the Watchmen movie. Right. Um, Alan Moore wanted absolutely nothing to do with the Watchmen movie just because he loved his book so much that he didn't want to see it be butchered. Right. Which they butchered. Yeah, yes. But say, I'm like, sometimes if you want to make, yeah, if you don't want it to happen, you need to be involved. You know, sometimes. Yeah, and right. Like, and, and that Somebody has to be tell torn. tell to Zack Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> everybody else involved in this but him. I yeah. feel like there's some people that you just kind of, when I, I see certain uh, directors' names show up on things, I know that they're a big name, but they I go, they're going to ruin that. You know, kind of thing. I'm like, they're going to, I know that they, they're a superstar you for some reason. About Michael Bay? Yeah, exactly. Could you I feel was, that I was coming? I was just going to say, like, how disappointed would you be in that uh, uh, Stars, uh, Stars Born, the, the remake right now? What was that? The, the Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga. Oh, you know, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, I haven't yeah, even read anything about that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So if that was a Michael Bay movie, yeah. I'd just go, okay, this is going to be yeah, real. Like, that actually would be interesting. Because Michael <laughs> Bay, I did see that. No, but <laughs> we have been paying attention to uh, what's going on. They have they have beat our poor, beloved Transformers franchise into the ground. And now they're coming up with, I think, their, indie, their indie art house version. So they're, they're like, we're going to make Bumblebee now. They're and <laughs> It's a prequel, right? This is when Bumblebee yes. was like first, yeah. Yeah. So before he was ruined by Michael Bay as he's got to come out now and so I think that that's interesting and I I do think it's interesting because we're talking about that where that's a movie that uh, I think a lot of us were like don't bother to make that movie but it's get, it, it, it's been created it's made it's going to be distributed and then we have other things like we're talking about the crow and the crow we, you know I think that it it counts as one of those sleeper but cult classic fan favorites uh, for us when it came out in 1994 you know I remember going oh my gosh the crow reinvented my world mm-hmm. you know kind of thing it was and i remember i was re-watching it one night this is when you know that you're sad this is this is how <laughs> how miss shannon's sad brain works is that i was like re-watching it was on you know cable sure um and this is once i had moved here to minnesota and for some reason i'm watching the crow and i just start crying i'm just like oh my god like because he's doing all of his things yeah. and talking about it you know they get and i just start crying and i'm like you need to get up and leave the house like i had to like i'm like if i'm sitting here being brought to tears by a movie that i've seen Millions of times, fifty times yeah. at least. Yeah. I'm like, you are too emotional. Well, you, I was going to say, you're in an emotional state that obviously. <laughs> well, this is why I love movies, right? They bring out the emotions in you, especially if the actors and the characters are actually truly doing the characters justice. Mm-hmm. It's feeling. So if you feel something, that's why you go back to a movie over and over and over and over and over. It doesn't matter what movie it is. Right? You can go back to. In Ocean's Eleven, 50 times, because you feel something from a specific character that you want to bring back. Right. And or you want to bring back an emotion or you want to get away from your normal day-to-day. Like, look, that movie always gets me away from my stresses. Right. When we go back to it. So there's no, there's no judgment on what movie that is or what movies that is. But you were in the state of mind that you wanted to watch it and then you needed to just be sad and just... Get out of the house. I ended up like go like and it was like the middle of the night and nothing was open, so I ended up like at Walmart in the middle of the night. So people once believed that when someone dies, a crow carries their soul to the land of the dead. But sometimes, sometimes the crow can bring that soul back to put the wrong things right. 
So this movie. It's t- just such a, I mean, the, the premise, you know, and, and the fact that there's now this lore about it. They've had movies that did well and like people are very attached to them. They've had movies that have been terrible. They have movies that most people don't even know were made, yeah. you know, that ended up going yep. straight to video. Right. And this, I mean, when this came out in 94, I was in high school and mm-hmm. this movie totally shaped like my, the beginning of my just obsession with pop culture. Did you go like buy a, a leather duster and then like start wearing like. No. I did paint my face up though. I did you? Okay. Nice. Yeah. yeah, no, I absolutely did. Um, but I mean, it, with with the lore about this, with Brandon Lee, you know, being shot, you know, on set, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, the the guy who ended up shooting him quit acting altogether. Alex Proyas, the director, disappeared for a complete year right. off the scene because of after everything that had gone down, and then he later came back and did Dark City. Right. Um, He's the also one. He did iRobot. Yes. Yep. With Will Smith 10 yep. years later. Yep. And Proyas now is just so against this new reboot that they're putting together now. And he was out against the one. They were going to do one like in like 2008 that they were going to make like this. It, it, I, I remember reading about it and them saying they're going to make this Crow thing, but the guy who was going to direct it was going to make it a whole different feel. Like the other one was like, you know, this one's going to be more like documentary style and all yeah, these like things. Mark say, Wahlberg attached to it at yeah. one point. Well, so, like Bradley Cooper. Yeah. So when it started out, um, when it was first being coming about uh, in 2008, Stephen Norrington, the guy who directed Blade, right. was ready and set to direct it with... Um, Bradley, and then he dropped out, and then Juan Carlos uh, Frenzadillo, yes, yeah, uh, the director of Twenty Eight Weeks Later, jumped on with Bradley Cooper. These are solid the directors, role. by the way. Exactly yeah, in the lead role, and you're going Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Is this a rom com? Yeah. What are you like, doing with the crowd? Makes sense. Just have Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah. And I'm dead. All, all right. right, all right, all right. I got um, the guy liner though. Let's yeah, go. Right. And it just, you know, I, I, you know, did you kill my girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you didn't. Uh, but then, I mean, Cooper left. Yes. After Cooper ended up leaving, Mark Wahlberg jumped into that spot. And again, you just go, Mark Wahlberg. Mm, yeah, I wasn't feeling that. Top either. dollar. How's your mother? <laughs> you know, it just doesn't work. But then, um, after. Uh, Francisco dropped out right. altogether. That's when Wahlberg's like, "Yeah, I'm out." And then Francisco Javier Gutierrez, the director of Rings, yes, uh, had decided to join on with and catch these names: Tom Hiddleston, yeah, wow, or Alexander Skarsgård as oh Eric Draven. I was a little more on board with that because I'm a Tom, you know, Hiddleston fan. Yes, but it is interesting. I do like him in particular speaking roles, when they reinvent him as a actionish type hero, mm-hmm. I, it's very difficult because even when I saw, um, you know, King, the new King Kong movie, yeah, I was like, where's the giant gorilla? Because whenever he was out there trying to act like he's like, look, I can pump it up and I have big right. arms and I'm a gun-carrying guy too. I was just like, uh, yeah, I tough, couldn't really the follow tough, it. The toughest thing Hiddleston's really done was that BMW commercial. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not feeling Scar-Shar it. Scar would not. That would have would have been good. Have you guys seen Big Little Lies? Yes. No, I yes. Mm-hmm. That's a great show. Every, you can't tell me that every single time that Skarsgård shows up on screen, like your heart does not start skipping beats. <laughs> it's just intense. Oh, I love him. Oh my gosh, he is just absolutely amazing in this. You've yeah. got to see a, a Big Little Lies. So that was one that it's you were HBO. like, I'm sure. on board with this. So Jake and Jane, you were both okay if we would have had a Skarsgård. If we had a Skarsgård, Eric Draven, yes. Yeah. Well, especially if you bring up the other names that you did before. 
yes, he's obviously in the lead just right. because of the other names. If you said he was the first person, like if he was the very first person they brought up before anybody else, then I would have been like, hmm, hmm. is there somebody else? I better? think that's interesting that you're going, well, if you had a bunch of garbage first, right. if it was all rubbish, like, okay, now you finally got to not rubbish. So, so okay. So as this goes on, you know, the, uh, both Skarsgård and Hiddleston names start dropping. And in 2013, James O'Barr signs on and right. says that he's ready to be you know a creative sound mind because that's now been five years since so let me before we even get deeper do you want a crow remake i don't i actually kind of do because i did like the graphic novel that you know and things like that and i think that there sometimes the reason why i want a remake on films like the crow is that the crow the 1994 version was cinemat in my opinion from little from little miss shannon from back then yes was cinematically beautiful and there was all these it still is it still holds up and so to go well what could we do now with it what could be accomplished like you know especially with the way that you know we do you know martial arts wire work or the way that our cgi works now and i'm not saying that it needs to be all that but the possibilities are amazing on what it could look like and what it could do. I, and well, so I, I am curious, you know, so I would like to see another one if it was done correctly. For the technology that's done today, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. You know, that's that's the only reason why I'd like to see it. Right. Is just to see how they would do it technically now as compared to before. Right. Um, so when uh, Gutierrez dropped out, um, 2013, Luke Evans signed on. Yes. Right. Guest on. Yes, Don's going to be a a crow altogether. Luke Evans drops out. Gutierrez leaves the project, and then Corin Hardy was hired, and then Jack Houston. Guys, know who Jack Houston? Houston. Jack Houston played the uh, Richard Morrow, the one-eyed assassin in Boardwalk Empire. Mm -hmm. Okay, Uh, he was also in a terrible Hercules movie. I think it was. He just, it was not. Mm-hmm. There's so many people that have made terrible movies that I'm just like, okay, but, Jack, but it's on. Jack Houston, just a paycheck at that point. Right. Jack Houston then bowed out because uh, the company itself, Relativity Media, went bankrupt. Right. And then Jason Momoa jumped on in 2016, and we just found out Thursday that both Corn Hardy and Momoa have dropped out of this. Which I was like, why? I mean, when you read, like, Jason Momoa's, like, his social media statements about why he jacked, you know, he dropped out. He does seem really like disappointed. Well, it's because like he, he's been because it sounds like he had been floating around in the background for number of years. Like he was kind of like trying to get the. It almost from some of the things that I was reading, it seemed like this was his version of Ryan Reynolds really wanted to make Deadpool. So for a while there, Jason Momoa was like way invested in this project to get it done. Right. Yeah. So him leaving, I think, is is going, uh, maybe we might not get there. I just don't think it's going to end up being made. I I, I legit, and if it does, it's going to be years later. It's going to be so interesting because the only, to see how they do this, you know, bringing back the Eric Draven character. Right. um, The second second Crow, City of Angels, when that came out, I was so on board because I loved (laughs) the first one so much. Right. I still enjoyed it. You know, Vincent Perez was in it. Um, he played Ash, who was like the titular character. Uh, uh, Mia Kirshner was in it. She played a grown-up Sarah from the right. first one. So the only two returning things from the first one was Sarah and the cat. <laughs> right. That's it. Those are the only two returning <laughs> things. And, and Iggy Pop showed up. So, also. but does that, I mean, th- does that make you, when it's more of a continuation versus a remake or a reboot, 
are you more on board with it or less on board with it? Is See, that why you were okay with it? That's why I'm kind of I'm I'm on the fence right now, just due to the fact that is it will it be a continuation of the old one? Is it going to be a reboot? You know, and if it is a continuation, do we just not do we pull the whole Richard Donner Superman thing uh, and just start afresh and just not? acknowledge all of these other films that were in between because if you remember Donner made Superman 1 and 2 when Superman Returns came out the Brian Singer Superman Returns came out they pretty much did not acknowledge Superman 3 or 4 right yeah they just did their own thing yeah they did they did it as they were as if it would have been right after Superman 2 would be the continuation of it because I thought that this was going to be a I'll call it a remake, but it's not going to be like them trying to completely remake it. But I right. thought they were going back to the source material, you mm-hmm. know, kind of thing and going, okay, we're going to use the uh, graphic novel content and then just make another movie. But from what I've read, it's just going to be a continuation because it's actually called The Crow Reborn mm-hmm. is what they were calling it. So it, it would have been a continuation of the story. Which what if you had Jon Snow? Kit Harrington? Mm-hmm. I mean, he does have the whiny beef act. I was cool with Momoa. Like, Momoa yeah, was a been badass. Been I could, I still to this day am floored with how long he's been with Lisa Bonet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For forever and ever. But isn't that part of it is that they're both B minus celebrities, so you forget that they're together, so they probably have less drama. Could be. Maybe. They just get to the live Lord, their lives the for the most part. Way up, though. He's such a pretty man. <laughs> Lord. Um, but that's why, and I was going to ask you guys, too, because we just got a trailer this week for the new Halloween movie that's going to be coming out. Did you guys see the trailer for this nope. yet? Yeah. I don't do horror Jamie movies. Jamie Lee Curtis with curly white hair. Jamie Lee Curtis is back, so yeah. then it makes with me, the, and the way they're... With the gun in every scene. Well, and the way that they're playing this is the fact that Halloween's, you know, three through 11 never happened. Oh, okay. And the way they're mm-hmm. kind of playing it off is like those never even happened. And Jamie Lee Curtis has been sitting here waiting forever for Michael Myers to come, come back. Right. Hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm not a horror movie person. That's when I jump off the fandom altogether. So you're not going to go watch Hereditary? Nope. Or, yeah. Nope. What's the last horror movie you went and saw? Nightmare on Elm Street. Wow. Get out of here. Which yeah. one? Like the original? The first one. No. Wow. Like I saw the first one. It gave me nightmares. I had to go through like sleep therapy and learn how to wake myself up because I was so panicky. And then I, I don't Well, that watch. movie will do that to you. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't watch. Yeah. I don't watch horror movies. My mom would never watch. I didn't even watch Get Out. Like there's really? things like, yeah, there's there's horror horror style movies that people like, but you would like this one. Like I love Joss Whedon. Never seen Cabin in the Woods. Because mm. I'm like, eh, still no. counts as a horror movie. Gotcha. So I, I tap out on all horror movies. Good to know. I, uh... I saw, let's see, uh, Paranormal uh, paranormal Activity. Yep. Saw that one in the theater. Did you see It? Is it scary? I uh, saw It. Yep. I did see It. I'm really interested to see how they're going to do this 27 years later thing yep. uh, coming up with the sequel. Bill Hader, I think, has signed on for the sequel. I read yeah. about that. I'm always interested in those movies, and I, I like the same. And, and, I, and I won't, I'm like, and I'm not even watching I the I have such a different look on Bill Hader now after seeing Barry. Yes. Uh, the HBO series. Yep. Such a different look on Bill Hader. It's so good to see him in something more dark than usual. So it's it's fantastic. Versus just the SNL characters. Oh, my like gosh. Comedy. It's so good. And Henry Winkler in that show will absolutely floor you. So is that another one of those shows that you go, okay, I should be watching this? 
but I'm watching this other thing instead. Yeah. Like, is that what I should be spending my time investing in versus going to see Jurassic World? Yes. Because it's, it's no, only... go watch Jurassic World and okay. find time. And for... find time to watch. <laughs> Do yourself a favor. Get to the theater like half hour early and then start burying the theater. Okay. When I'm sitting there. And then that way, while you're watching Jurassic World, the only thing you're going to think is like, man, I want to go home and watch more Barry. <laughs> That's a good idea. To get there a little early. Multitask. Yeah. I've Multitask. been binging on... Um, the Crown with my wife, which sounds like one of those shows you should watch. Yep. Yes, that is. Um, that's like a our thing. Like, well, we won't watch the next episode without each other. So See, and that's the reason for for my lovely uh, girlfriend Elisa and I. That's Handmaid's Tale. Oh, yep, yep. And I haven't any, started any, that. Any, but, any yeah. like new series or episodes and stuff like that of of new things? Like, we're really interested in, in Succession. Okay. Uh, the new Brian Cox, Kieran Culkin, Alan Ruck uh, ordeal. On HBO that just started last weekend. Super, super interested in that one too, and we just haven't started it because we haven't had time together to sit and watch it. I was just going to ask you that as the two people that are actually in uh, significant relationships right now, Jaden and, and Jake. Uh, once you guys start watching a show with your significant others, are you just stuck now where they're like, we can't proceed? I Unless the, our significant other is around to watch it, like would they ter- be like, oh, "How dare you?" I made the mistake once, and I know never to make this mistake again. <laughs> okay. And it was with Ozark, okay? Because sure. I plowed through Ozark, even though she watched the first two episodes without me. And then she goes, "Watch the first two, and then we'll continue on from there." I was like, "Cool." So I watched the first two, and then we got so caught up on everything else, where it's like, I, I, I just want to kind of continue this. And the next thing you know, I'm on like nine. And then I, I asked her, I was like, so how far are you? She goes, I haven't gone any further than where you are. And I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Jaden? Uh, kind of similar. Okay. Um, I've, no, I have not. We have one show that we watch. And then once that's done, then we'll pick another show. And it's kind of a date night. We have a three-and-a-half-year-old, right? Um, so put him to bed and get a, get a crown in. Um, or the nice that she's really tired, she'll go watch a very small episode of like a Mindy project, and I'll go into my computer and I'll watch like <laughs> Black Mirror or something. Right? I have, this is another good reason why it's okay to be single because I watch what I want. Well, and it's it's when I watch what I want, but I watch I watch TV movies. I'm on my screen all the time right. where she can't be right before bed. It's right. really stimulating for her. For me, it doesn't. I can have a coffee and watch a movie and literally pass out, and that's that's who I am. See, this is where Jade and I are like brothers and best friends because I'm kind of that same way. It doesn't matter what I put on. I can fall asleep to it. Like, it's not that it won't bother me at all. I can drink six Mountain Dews before I go to bed, and I'll be <laughs> just fine. That's another show. <laughs> we will do that next time. But, so it's, but yeah, I, I love just getting into these things more and more you know these shows and they unfortunately for us like we're we're the couple who end up having like six or seven shows that we say for each other because right now it's westworld it's succession it's handmaid's tale yes it's you know um we watched a robert kennedy documentary and didn't move on further with it uh the new netflix series safe with michael c hall is yeah. another one where we'll watch. We started Magicians, and we watched the first season, and that was like, should we watch the second one? She's like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've gotten into that. And too. then I'm like, can I watch it? She was like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you are now released to watch that I think on she's, your own. I think, I think she's teeter-tottering on being done with Westworld altogether, and it's like, I'm going to I thought it got it. all interesting now all of a sudden again. I love it. Okay. I, I, I'm in. 
I'm not going to fight it. Sorry. Uh, all right. Well, Jake, where can everybody find you? What's the best place? Because you have 16 jobs. <laughs> yes, you guys can find me over at the 4D Podcast Network on doing a couple different shows. We do two live shows every week. On Wednesdays, we do Ring General Radio, which is uh, all about professional wrestling. It's still real to us. Dang it. Uh, <laughs> and then we're over at uh, Three Guys Talking. You guys can find us Thursday nights, both on the 4D Podcast Network. You guys can go to, uh, to 4DPodcast.com for Three Guys Talking. Go to ThreeGuysTalking.com. Uh, for Ring General Radio, just the Facebook, facebook.com slash Ring General Radio. We're starting up our uh, second uh, Red Star Memorial Battle Bowl tournament. We started up that last week, so that's a lot of fun. It's a trivia tournament between 18 different podcasts right now, so we're all taking <laughs> each other on. Um, and then be sure to just check out all of our awesome shows over there. We've got a brand new uh, one coming up called Sounds Good. Um, we have a couple episodes of that one already in the bag, but our host Ben Quam is coming back and he's going to be doing some new episodes for us. He's super stoked. I'm he's super a good guy. Stoked. We'll have to have him on uh, our uh, BR Geek oh show if God. you ever want to talk about I strongly stuff. recommend you mm-hmm. guys having him in. He's, he's the best. So, yeah, everything there. You can find me uh, personally. You can find me on Facebook, like legit. Just look up Stubby J. I think I'm the only Stubby J that's on I'm pretty Facebook. Sure. So yeah. <laughs> look me up there. You can find me on both Instagram and uh, Twitter at stubby two cents and you can always find us also on facebook if you go to be our geek you could find us there also be our geek on twitter we're going to be doing this every week so we appreciate you joining us and when in doubt i go to twincitiesfilmfest.org Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.